This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hello and welcome to Bleeding on the Page. The story you're about to listen to is called The Black Dog, written and performed by Max Barsley and Samuel Jones, with sound design and sound mixing by Ollie McAuley. I look at his stupid, doofy eyes, his clumpy paws. He smells like dog. He is a dog. My dog, to be precise. Bernie. And I hate him. Bernie's tail is wagging so fast he's practically rubbing his arsehole on the carpet. Meanwhile, my wife screams at me at the top of her lungs at the broken orchids in the living room. That's why he's so chuffed. Once again, I'm in the doghouse instead of him. She spits her words at me. Richard, when you come home pissed from bowling, you need to be more careful. I know what you're thinking. Why not tell her the truth? Say, it wasn't me, honey, it was that clumsy mutt. But you have to understand. In my wife's eyes, Bernie can do no wrong. Five minutes later, she's rubbing his belly, her fingers disturbingly close to his shaft. And what do I get? Her cold, insensitive back facing me every night. I can't remember the last time she gave me any warmth. My sleepless nights are shrouded in celibacy and in the dark corner of our room. A mocking shadow arrogantly smirks at me, sitting on his woollen throne surrounded by mangled chew toys. My dog Bernie. He watches and he waits. Eventually he started joining my wife in bed. She welcomed him with open arms, pushing me further and further to the edge. Soon would I be sleeping in the dog bed? Every night, Bernie waits for me to go to sleep so he can try it on with her, but I refuse to give him the satisfaction. I had to take back control, so I stopped feeding him. I hid the food the only way I knew how, by eating it myself. My wife didn't suspect a thing. After a while, the jellied beef chunks stopped making me gag. I'd even began to like the taste, and Bernie was thinner than a rake. Richard, do you think Bernie is okay? Yeah, I'm sure he's fine. He wasn't smirking at me anymore. (laughs) Hell, he barely had the energy to go on walks. I had won. Maybe I should take him to the vet. Fuck. If I was dying, she wouldn't even care. All those nights I spent gagging over cans and she didn't even notice. But the moment Bernie can't handle his new diet, the moment he starts whimpering, she leaps into action. Unbelievable. Out of fear of being found out, I caved. I started feeding him again, and of course, the old dog went back to his old tricks, floundering with my wife. But I was smarter than him. It was only a matter of time before he slipped up. Then, one morning, I found Bernie in the garden with a dead rabbit in his mouth. 
You idiot, I told him. Don't you know my wife is a liberal feminist who hates Trump? She deplores all forms of violence. Now she will see you for the beast that you are and kick you to the streets. Oh, honey, honey, come and see what Bernie has done. Upon arrival, she just looked down and said, Richard, it's a dog. They do this sort of thing all the time. I couldn't believe the hypocrisy. If I crushed the neck of an innocent creature with my teeth, that would be an instant divorce. I was so angry I could punch a wall and I went to do just that. But before I left, she shrieked out at me. Richard, make sure you take Bernie with you. He needs the exercise. <laughs> it's cold outside. Icy. Awful weather for punching walls that makes the knuckles split more easily. Bernie being there made things worse. His judging glances only added to my anxiety. In a last-ditch effort to recover, I went to the nearest corner shop, purchased my favourite can of dog food, got comfortable on the icy curb and tucked in. As I stuffed my mouth with doggy chow, Bernie's canine lips contort into a Machiavellian smile. Are you sure you don't want a bowl for that? <sighs> he finally speaks. The dog food must be working. I knew if I ate enough, I'd understand him. Fuck off, Bernie. That's no way to speak to your best friend, is it, Richard? Some best friend you are, trying to mount my wife. I can't help it that I'm a hunky piece of prime beef, Richard. I'm not even into her on account of being a dog, but she can't seem to get enough of me. Just back off, Bernie! We were happy before you came along. <laughs> oh, you pathetic panty waste. She only met you because of me. Don't you remember her opening Tinder message? OMG, what a cute dog. That's right, Richard. Since day one, she's only ever had her eyes on me. Shut up! I would take great joy in recounting the many times she's complained about you when you aren't in the room. But truth be told, she barely ever mentions her balding, demanding, simpleton of a husband. I'm not balding! I've watched you, Richard, since your 13th birthday. I've watched your life crumble. You have become so irrelevant to the people around you that even your wife would rather fuck a dog over you. What?! Yes, that's right. Whilst you were stuffing your face with dog food, I was getting busy with your wife. And she says I'm the best she's ever had. Why would you do this to me? Because you cut off my balls, you milk-toast plebeian. That wasn't my choice, Bernie! I couldn't do anything about that, Bernie! Bernie! Burn, Bernie! The dog slumped down and started chewing on a bottle cap. Either he'd lost interest or the dog food had worn off. One way or another, he'd said everything he needed. All my suspicions had been confirmed. If this carried on, Bernie would continue to assert himself. He would become the pack leader. They'd go on holidays to Greece and keep me in a kennel. They'd make me sleep outside in the cold and horror. I would be doomed. There was no way of getting the dog's bollocks back and he was too smart to just abandon on the side of the road. There was only one way to end this torture. I opened his mouth as wide as I could. I placed his teeth along the cold concrete curb. He didn't fight back. I'm sorry, Bernie. I just want you to know that I'm definitely buying a new dog. <coughs> I walked home with a spring in my step. The tyranny was over. Upon arriving, I called for my wife. I wanted to take her to Frankie and Benny's to celebrate, but there was no answer. The house looked like it had been ransacked. All my wife's things were gone, but my vintage leather jackets and bowling trophies were untouched. Finally, the penny dropped. She
she had left me. She'd written me a letter. It was filled with delusional criticisms. She ranted on about my bad social skills, my apparent anger issues, my poor hygiene and many other useless points. I was seething with so much anger that I ate the letter whole. I knew the truth. I could see through the lies of her victimhood. I now knew what had been hiding under my nose the whole time. The real reason for her abandonment. It was the fucking dog. He'd got the last laugh. Even in death, that furry bastard was laughing at me. That damned bloody dog. And that was The Black Dog. A monologue crafted by myself, Samuel Jones, and of course Max Bardsley, who just read the bulk of that. I didn't write any of it, actually. It was just Sam. <laughs> no, <I'm joking. laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Owned. No yeah. credit. Yeah. <laughs> 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 I didn't Pants, write friends. it. <laughs> I had nothing to do with it, lol. <laughs> No, yeah, yeah, the black dog, uh, yeah. finito. Um, finito. How how was it uh, write, writing that for you? Well, we wrote it yesterday. Mm. We had to write something for the mini episodes. The mini episodes. I do really like doing the monologues. Um, yeah. The monologues over the larger scripts. It's such a different uh, creative process with both of them, which yeah, is yeah. always interesting. Because the monologues are always just uh, it's just us sitting down and going, let's just put something out let's there and let, it, and let it go. Let's just, yeah, let's like just, a let's let's just, just let the words flow through our fingers. Yeah, because we don't really even like to plan the monologues because no. it kind of ruins it yeah, for yeah. us. I think so. It's part of the joy of this because uh, it's always for us like playing around with different ways of writing scripts the the joy of the monologue stuff is doing it a bit more free for free form freehand because me and sam generally are quite meticulous at, at planning things i'd say yeah especially with like uh the main the bigger scripts with the, yeah. with the cast and actors they're all we always spend loads of time plotting out plot beats and sort of making uh decisions and plans like really preemptively before we write them. yeah but this stuff is just like what can we write in a couple of hours yeah exactly because you because yesterday morning i was like Oh, what do you want to write about? And you just went, how about a man who wants to fuck his dog? Yeah, yeah. I said that you as a joke. I said it as a goof. As a and, joke. You, and you were all like, Sam was sleepy, tired, you know, insular, really. Frustrated, and he, angry. Angry, bitter as well. Violent. <laughs> Violent. He'd been hitting drunk. pillows, screaming into them. He was, yeah. Aggressive is the word. And he went, I just don't think that's a good idea. That's a bit crass, Max, really. That's a bit like, I don't like that. Shame uh, on you. Very, he, looked, he really that. looked at me in a victimizing way. He, it really looked at me under his nose and I went like Sam I'm just joking went, oh alright and then and then and then a bit later we went what about if he thinks his wife wants to fuck his dog and went yeah alright we're like <laughs> yeah. that's genius <laughs> and that's how we started with the black dog yeah, and yeah. it's funny actually with this because unlike you know with the longer scripts they're much more we spend a lot of time planning and so we're really like uh meticulous in what our sources are what the genres is we're playing with and with the mini episodes we're not as much because we're working that freeform and it's really weird then to reflect about like what sort of media finds its way in yeah. because i think whenever you're making any type of art any type yeah, of yeah uh, the influences painting, do find their way of always in. constantly yeah. like yeah. actually like it's and it can only be in retrospect sometimes that you start to see oh that's where i took this yeah. from 
and because that's, what I was building on a simple from game of chess the last one we just spent ages talking about dystopian films and we did watch all those films and they definitely did influence it but we realised sort of afterwards oh fuck this is more like Game of Thrones than there's anything. a load of got yeah. Game of Thrones in, yeah. in, in a simple game of chess obviously we, we based like Subquatica of of, no no <laughs> obviously but you, we based like the character of Subquatica and stuff and it's actually drawing a lot from like fantasy uh, we based a Robert Bra- Subquatica off Robert Baratheon there's loads of that fantasy and political kind of discourse in the way that like Game of Thrones does it obviously done you know like written as if the Game of Thrones writers were drunk instead of actually writing a TV show Um, (laughs) and and it's funny because with this monologue after we wrote it that's when we were like oh damn like we've actually like really drawn a a lot from like this this, the main one is obviously um, because you know the second we were like we're doing a podcast and in kind of audio format storytelling Mm. kind of thing both of our minds naturally goes to the boy Chris Morris. Yes, that's right. Chris yeah. Morris is such a, a well. I, so I in a lot of ways so like this say entire. Who he is. Oh yeah, yeah. Is. Some people might not. He's know, a yeah. satirist. Uh, yeah. He's made. He made his most popular show is probably Brass Eye, and he directed the movie called Four Lions. But he and he showed up in he's a, he shows up in IT Crowd as well. He's the boss yeah, in IT Crowd. He shows up in. Uh, a he's lot of he's stuff. part of that like Matt Berry, Noel Fielding, Julian Barrett. They're all kind of a little team. Yeah, yeah. And they all show up in each other's stuff. Yeah, yeah. And he had a radio show called Blue Jam, and he does a in the nineties. Yeah, a bunch of monologues. Which they, Blue Jam is so ahead of its time for like what it is. It's super memey, is what I find mm. it to be. Because like his, there, it was like a radio show that he did in the nineties. Super, it's super late as well. It's like yeah. really late, and it's so much of that. Uh, uh, radio show is just him fucking with people and like freaking people out and getting people to do weird things. There's a prank call where he gets a guy to ride in a taxi and yeah. he's on the fo- the guy riding in the taxi is on the phone to Chris Morris and Chris Morris is just telling him what, what to, to say. say and do yeah and. <laughs> He just like really fucks off the taxi driver. Ask him if he's been in any accidents. Yeah, ask him if he's had an accident. Tell him to park the car. Check his wind mirrors. <laughs> Tell lights. him, and then he gets him out. Tells him to. He hopes he dies in a crash. He's like, I hope you die in a crash, you old bastard. <laughs> and you can hear the taxi driver get really frustrated over it. Chris but, Morris is a big one for us as well because I think like a lot of this podcast as a concept was built around like a lot of the work Chris he Morris does a lot did. Of surrealist stories, and so the main one he did that we love is called. Uh, it's called the Rothko monologue, but yeah. some people call it Rothko Wuft, which is about uh, a, a guy who's a bit nuts who imagines his dog is talking. So mm. it's kind of similar. It is similar. I mean, the th- the themes that we do in Black Dog are quite different from what we do because Rothko is actually just very like ice. Is is more of a tonal piece where it's about like isolating you, mm. and uh, it, it really kind of racks on that kind of ironic horror, and it's more it's it's quite disturbing. And I think our we looked for much more kind of linear narrative uh with ours so because he uses perspective in a really clever way in the rothko monologue where yeah, yeah. actually time becomes really difficult to keep track of mm. and um and like you know what, it, what the sort of lines between reality and um his what's happening in his head are really blurred yeah it's kind of just like chris Morris showing how great of a writer yeah. he is as well there's and so many great like similes and metaphors in there like sick as diesel sick as diesel is really good great stuff in there and uh you know this is just an this is just an example you know this is us kind of we drew from that quite heavily and it just showcases how much better chris morris is at writing than us really (laughs) probably listen to that (laughs) yeah go and listen to that it's on youtube but then um yeah and then another thing um because the things that we're drawing from in this are really really much more crazy there's a lot of weird we tried because it's called the black dog and like mm. the black dog is a demonic like symbol in British folklore. You might have known from Harry Potter. Mm-hmm. Ooh, doo, doo, doo. 
Um, <laughs> Sam does a great Harry Potter impression. If you had footage, you'd be able to yeah, see it, but you can't. Yeah, but he yeah. squints his eyes and sings the theme, and it gets me every time. I look time. just like Daniel Radcliffe when I do that. It's actually yeah. uncanny. It's, it's <laughs> insane. It's actually yeah. freaky. Freaks <laughs> Sca- me Scares out. me. Yeah. Scares me, because yeah. I'm a uh, huge fan as yeah, well. Yeah, so we tried to put in, like, a couple of deadly sins in there as well. I think we worked in quite a few, because yeah. you definitely have greed... Um, with him like eating all the dog food and stealing the dog food you have jealousy gluttony um, as well Um, jealousy war lust um, and I what are the other ones I think that's all of them no they're yeah that's all seven (laughs) that's right Um, (laughs) and death 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 is one of the sins isn't it yeah it is I think I I don't know but we we tried to have a little motif with the seven deadly sins as we went in there the idea is that it could be like a satanic thing yeah we wanted that kind of sense of satanism the dog being this dark woolly shadow staring at him and kind of translating this quite cute dog into like a satanic figure in his mind is was quite fun i think yeah yeah Um, because yeah we we watched two shows that have like angels and demons mm, in. we've been watching lots of religious stuff because yeah we watched bad omens uh, good omens good omens yeah it is the bad new, omens yeah, though. The new, uh, <laughs> neil gaiman uh, tv show amazon prime tv show um and we were a bit disappointed by good yeah omens. it was a shame we were so excited um going into it because we love neil gaiman and he wrote like our favorite doctor who episodes and some great books some really great books that Coraline. we Coraline, which is uh pretty pith um so going into good omens we had really high expectations and then for the first two episodes it does it does yeah. kind of fulfill them and, and then you're half like, wow. of the third episodes is all flashbacks which are all good as well yeah yeah, yeah. A bit but like they what's going but they on. drag on quite yeah. a bit and then it's half an episode and then it does the opening titles mm, which is like really, really odd. odd and then and from then on the pacing just becomes really like lengthy and tedious but it definitely put in that like heaven hell like satan mm. thing in our heads what was the other uh the second coming oh because yeah. what believing on the page podcast would be complete without us talking about how sick <laughs> russell, russell t, t. Davis, davis is <laughs> second time in a go we've got we've since years and years we've been really like looking into the rusty like because he's an auteur yeah definitely you know, he's a very great writer a unique british yeah. writing a auteur cool. for sure yeah so this was an old um itv show which i got on dvd for like four quid and it's it's before he did Doctor Who, um, and it's Christopher Eccleston as the Son of God. Interested? You should be. Yeah, it is. <laughs> uh, one of the interesting things is when you watch Second Coming, Coming, you realise that they lifted his character from Second Coming and put it into the Doctor. <laughs> it is just more Ninth Doctor. Stuff. It is like more yeah. Ninth Doctor, but edgy because he smokes and swears more. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and he's also the Son of God. Yeah. And it's two episodes that are both an hour and a half long, mm. so it's just like two movies. It's, yeah, it's like a three-hour movie yeah. with a real strong tonal, sh- yeah. or like super strong shift halfway through. Basically. Yeah, because the first episode is amazing. It's just really fun to just watch like yeah. this Son of the, God. The come best, back. the best scenes is it, it gets so good once he like is because. The, what what I love is they don't meander around. The moment he realizes that he's the son of God, he embraces it and he's mm. like fully on it. Like, no, I am the son of God. Like, I definitely yeah. am. Like, I'm about to start work soon. And then when he starts doing uh, all the son of God stuff, collecting followers, it's so satisfying to watch how uh, Rusty conveys like this one man who is just a guy, how he then wins uh, the entire world over into believing that he's the second coming yeah. 
of God's child, and which is loads, great. There's loads of sequences which looks like they've just all dropped acid as well. Which yeah, is really funny. that's they in the second go, episode. Because go quiet and their eyes are like, mm. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> yeah, it's like uh, Eccleston goes, let me go find out that information, and then just freezes. <laughs> yeah. and, he's like, <laughs> and it's like they're really long scenes. Yeah. As well. it's like <laughs> a minute long of him just like staring blankly, and like, everyone's just like yeah. quiet. The, the bit where I was like, this is definitely the doctor. Is there's a bit where he just goes, oh. I like pork pies. I love pork pies. <laughs> yeah, he does. I'm like, that is literally just like, that became like a Doctor Who staple yeah. and it started in Second it's Coming. Jodie Whittaker's still doing it. Yes, Jodie yeah. Whittaker's still doing it to yeah. this day, which is so interesting that it didn't start with Doctor Who. So yeah, don't watch Good Omens. But watch do the watch, first, sec- yeah. watch the first two episodes. You have a yeah. good time. And then stop after that. Yeah. Right. And then, and that's why we, I think we were really keen on like making things a bit more satanic in our script as well. Yeah. But it, it's like, also like we did tap, play around with the idea of doing something that was like explicitly heaven and hell. Mm. But I, it was, it's really difficult, I think, to, yeah. to think up a story that feels original or feels fresh or you can feel excited about because heaven and hell is always about a binary, yeah. two binary forces going against each other. I'm and really it's actually good. interesting that Good Omens and Second Coming were both about uh, kind of looking at the flaws. Oh, oh wait, no, Good Omens isn't about that. It looks no. like it's going to be about that. No, yeah, you're but, right. Because Good Omens, they they kind of hint at the start. They're like, they're, they're like, gonna look oh, into maybe the new you're ones. on the wrong side, you know, because God really likes like the sound of musical mm-hmm. and like the sound of music. And and uh, they're all just really like goody two shoes and like a bit like square and none of and then David Tennant who's playing this demon is all about like oh I made the Rolling Stones like mm-hmm. uh, all the cool stuff has has come it's out of Satan me. yeah yeah but then at the end it's all it's still about <coughs> have it they just kind of rework both heaven and hell but they maintain the binary don't they in the end yeah it, it's just such a Whereas uh, like good uh, second coming is really interesting because it was it was always about like looking at the flaws of the binary idea mm. and I think that's like always the best like heaven and hell scripts but I think you need so much context to make that work as well you need like a lot of time yeah um, yeah because yeah. the ending of the second coming is just like fully embracing atheism pretty, pretty much, much yeah is, it's really well yeah. done though the ending i mean that's what it, one of the nice things is especially watching all these tv shows everyone's like oh the all these tv shows have such disappointing endings and second coming is like build up build up build up and has a payoff that is actually satisfying and you yeah. want to see and you don't actually expect and i think what makes second coming a bit better than good omens is the fact that whenever they show the demons it comes it becomes a bit horror yeah it becomes yeah. a bit They're not freaky. scared to make it scary and, yeah whereas and, good yeah. omens is a bit like oh it's so quirky all the time and there's literally the son of satan in good omens you know and it's like not even scary he's no. just like a little annoying kid and the child acting in good omens really was not yeah. good at all i'm any of the child scenes felt so tedious zero out show. of ten Gen- <laughs> <laughs> they were very difficult i don't know what it was I, they were filmed weirdly as well though i swear because the set design in all the child scenes are really art they're really like over the top he's like the son of satan's like got his little they live in a big tree yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. it's a bit much but yeah. what what else what else did were we drawing well, from well we saw wish upon Right before we read oh, yeah. that, that was like right before we saw this really shit like horror movie which is on Netflix called Wish Upon. So if you and think the script's bad, it's probably because we watched Wish Yeah, because we watched a terrible movie. <laughs> like, I haven't seen a film that bad for like such a long time. I did enjoy it though. I did enjoy that, it yeah. though. Yeah, this uh, is the th- thing. I liked the concept enough um, and it so was what, so dumb. What, the, concept, the concept is, is that <laughs> they, it's a girl and her mum killed herself and now she's like living her life 
and she finds this like Chinese box and it gives you seven wishes but every time you make a wish someone dies there has to be a blood sacrifice yeah. and it's like a high school girl and like all her wishes <laughs> all seven of her wishes <laughs> no all four, her first five wishes are all about high school yeah, she stuff. wishes for the guy to be madly in love with her like she the wishes high school for hunk. A, the bully to go rot and she, then she actually starts rotting yeah she wishes for everyone to like her in high school <laughs> she, wishes, she wishes to be the most popular, popular girl, girl in high school. school which is what i'd wish for too actually if i had the ma- magic wishing box i go can i be the Max, most popular girl not, in high school you're not in high school anymore no that's right i want to go back i want to go back <laughs> Back. and be the most popular Look, girl are you telling me you don't miss having a locker are you <laughs> telling me you don't miss sitting in the grass fields eating your cheese and pickle sandwiches <laughs> talking about the latest you know conspiracy to probably to do with the popular people don't you miss just going in having a laugh don't you going miss home don't you miss maths man <laughs> <laughs> don't you miss maths <laughs> oh dude i miss maths so much yeah anyway so she this girl <laughs> This girl just does all the dumbest wishes and then she knows there's a blood sacrifice yeah, and she, yeah. continues she continues wishing. She gets like a She wishes for her mum to come back to life and then her dad dies. Yeah. So like, uh-oh. uh-oh. And then she, she thinks she can trick it and she's like, I wished for everything to be undone. And then she dies in the most hilarious oh, way. Oh, God, her death we, is so good. We reversed it like four <laughs> times. We watched it four it times. It was really funny. I would, dare, I would recommend um, Wish Upon. It's, to people it's to so check dumb, out. but it's really so dumb oh and also it's kind of like a final destination meets this mm. eastern like monkey claw like folklore <laughs> yeah. story yeah. except the final destination segments where like the people are supposed to be dying um are like are really not that good not really not that good it's like she's outside and it's like raining and there's lightning happening you're like oh fuck this girl's yeah, gonna get struck yeah. by lightning and then she just goes in and trips on a rug <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so yeah she yeah. dies <laughs> no i saw a i saw a youtube review of it by a uh, guy called wreck dugs wreck as well really was it good, good? yeah, yeah right, it was good right. i recommend it okay i cool. wreck recommend I wrecked, Did wreck Doug's wreck it? He wrecked it, yeah. Have you ever seen like a wish film which kind of does go ham with wishes though and does just have like a character making a bunch of dumb wishes? <laughs> because like I do think that is what the majority of humans would do. They yeah. make super dumb arbitrary wishes. Yeah. But I don't know many like wish themed things that do that I'd, because I'd, like it's so often just money or like mm, stuff like that but she did a wish for weird ass stuff yeah maybe we should just watch a bunch of wish movies and then come back next mini episode yeah that's yeah. a research project for yeah, us because i don't know any wish movies thinking about it apart from like aladdin uh yeah and that's a good wish movie what, i wonder what did he gets three like. wishes what are they uh he, he wishes wish- to be a prince he wishes he wish- for the rug to be able to fly right is that one of the wishes I don't know, man. I haven't seen that film in ages. Maybe we saw the Disney one. I wish for Robin Williams to come back. Speaking of cinematic releases, welcome to a new segment of the podcast. What's in the cinema? What's... (laughs) (laughs) I saw a movie at the cinema that Max didn't see. It's called Booksmart. And I haven't spoken to Max about it. Yeah, he's been saving it. He's been saving myself. Yes, so what do you know about Booksmart? Uh, You called me up and asked me to come see it with you. And you said it was uh, about, uh, it was like super bad, is yeah. what you said. That's what I yeah. remember. So Booksmart is Olivia Wilde's directional debut. And it's a high school movie. Two unpopular girls who are just big nerds. They've just been studying What sort time. of nerds? There's like one who looks just like Jonah Hill. Oh, and right. there's another girl who's a lesbian. Mm. And she acts just like Michael Cera. Oh. And they're best friends. Right. And they've just been studying the whole time. Um, and now it's the end of school. And they realize that everyone else who didn't study also got into really good colleges. So they just feel like they wasted the whole high school experience. So their plan is to just do everything 
in like one night basically mm. to live to show that they can be cool again right and get all the messy stuff it out was of the way. really good was it it was proper good um it was it was it was just really funny yeah and it was a like really good filmmaking and interesting because bo burnham did the directional debut mm. last year and that was Eighth a high grade, school yeah. film and it's like the filmmaking is so much better in book smart yeah but i think you would really like it but the main issue i have with it is it is pretty much exactly super bad is it actually yeah, really there's, a, there's another mick lovin really yeah he's a guy he's like a nerdy guy who has his face on a t-shirt but it's mm. like 2019 how long ha how long has super bad been out for now it's since been like out. 2003 so yeah that's so crazy isn't it my biggest issue with it is that like yeah you could make a movie about guys that that go together and try to defeat ghosts mm. Mm. and call it like haunted and haunted trappers mm. and like people would like it because it's a good concept mm. but you could make a film about like someone going back in time to like meet their dad mm. and call it all oh, the the travel boy the travel boy <laughs> but people just watching it was like oh this is back to the future yeah. but with blank blank is that oh, so is... does it wear that on its sleeve though was yes, it quite they open use about the same it? music really they, so they're fully point, kind of they but they don't credit does it they don't credit seth rogan or bill harder at all oh. and i feel like that's a bit unfair because mm. it but the soundtrack of Booksmart is like amazing it's the soundtrack's all done by a dj Oh, and sick. the music is really great. They never use any old music. Mm. Um, and what you know that classic high school scene when you look at someone beautiful and the music comes yeah, in? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They use trap music for oh, that, tidy. and it really works. Oh, cool. Uh, what did was there much of a change in times in terms of like the dynamics between the characters? Because obviously, Superbad is no. really male centric. No, it's just the same. They they were they make like jokes like for women. They make Five, yeah women jokes. They make like women jokes. <laughs> they make jokes. About What's their, a woman like, joke? Okay, so the best gag in that I don't want to give it away, but like basically they have a joke about like how she wanks, how she like cool. masturbates, yeah, and the, she uses a certain thing, a vibrator. Uh, no, it's more, it's more cucumber comedy funny. She uh, uses eggplant. a stuffed toy. Oh, cool. She like grinds it. Oh, that's and that. it's like embarrassing. All right, yeah. And then her friends like, oh, I thought I knew everything about you. Oh yeah, so it's like adapting the crass humor to be like yeah, female centric. Exactly, yeah. And it was the acting was so good. You know, I think it's time. You know, now is today now is the era for women to be crass. Like I think I think like they got it with Fleabag and now this like it sounds like and Amy Schumer like women are crass. <laughs> Amy Schumer. <laughs> yeah, She's yeah. She's an auteur. Yeah, but I don't know if it's better than Superbad. It's definitely more extreme. Like more everything extreme. is like just extreme. But just before we end the like, last thing the last i want to talk about is someone emailed us oh, and yeah. they asked for our opinions on the netflix show sex, sex education, education. that's probably going to be a second season of that right uh, I yeah there is so. a second season they've announced cool. the second season cool, yeah cool. thank yeah. god thank uh sex education is lit it's really well we done we really liked it yeah yeah it's like it's a real treat um it's one of those shows that it, it's 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 not the most unique thing really plot wise and the narrative it conveys like isn't isn't massively unique but the way that they tell that story and the way that the aesthetic choices that go into sex education make it feel really unique um and the characters are not b bland well, there's and they're this not whole like american 
school yeah. but it's british yes and everyone's like yeah. even i was like i don't understand it it really you get used to it yeah and actually it really works if i mean to me it makes it feel like surreal and it, it totally like paves the way one of my favorite little bits in that in sex education is where they're like they're doing a talent show or something and all the jocks like turn their head at the same time and like <laughs> say something or just yeah they, like they turn and look at someone yeah yeah and it's those like aesthetic like stylistic mm. choices where it's it it is taking like english sort of characters and english situations um but then sort of infusing it with american humor it's really weird to see england done in, in that kind of high budget light yeah or I english people i don't like know that. If, i don't think sex education will work as like a skin show no but i don't want more shows like sex education no. i just want sex education i also don't want more shows like skins like skins is I good do. yeah yeah i want every show to <laughs> I want like every skins. show to be like skins. skins it's so good no but um my biggest problem with sex education sex education season one is it's bloody ending yeah ending uh. on a cliffhanger what who do you think i what who just give it man? an ending just like give it doesn't us, like, have an like, ending do an ending you can still have a conclusion you've got to answer the questions you set up in your first season and bring yeah. a new one to the second season the bar like, was set by stranger things yeah that has the great season one has the best ending it, it ends fully and then there's a little like oh that's right yeah. and that's what and you want a bit sex education just ends halfway it's it, like what and this it's is like the you've problem you've still got loads more to do you know everything sucks which you didn't enjoy but i think you could I, compare kind of enjoyed it it was all right you know you could yeah. sit through it um but that ends on a cliffhanger cliffhanger doesn't get doesn't answer many of its questions doesn't get renewed for a second season so now all you're left with is an, is an incomplete body of work that like sits uncomfortably on netflix yes um and you know that's netflix as it's it sells itself as like a package it's a package and every series is like a little it's a, each season's a little package mm. so it's, it's so like ugh, frustrating when they're like half done yeah um, and they need to get renewed again i always think it's so it's I don't know. I just like to see like stronger season endings because how long, how long then do you feel like you can string us along for and how long do you think you can push it for? Yeah, exactly. It's like Game of Thrones season one, you know, ha it had loads of seasons left to go, but that still has like endings and conclusions. Yeah, Things it come ends with Ned Stark being beheaded. Spoilers. Uh. Um, <laughs> but then it feels like, it feels like, you know, we've, we've, we've moved from him at the beginning to him being dead. You mm. know, it feels more comfortable. Yeah, sex education didn't have a comfortable end. I was just a bit frustrated. But that I, I watch but more. that that don't let that detract from like the good good that it does because yeah, um, yeah. all the characters are great. The mum is really fun to watch. You know, it really did define the UK when it was out. Everyone mm. was watching it. Everyone was talking yeah. about it. It was so popular in high schools. It's really great. Um, yeah, it's so just a really nice little like postmodern mishmash because it is just like you know a bunch of juxtaposing elements being brought together, and and that serves to highlight new types of humor. I think in a way that American meets British. Um, it, it was weird like because you don't usually see that crossover happen because this guy he's a British director but you can tell he's like passionate about like things like the breakfast club and sort of american style yeah, yeah. things he like is, that is inspired it's, yeah. it's beautiful and it comes from a place, place of passion it which is why it works it cash. but if you want us to talk about something then you email us at inquiries at nitpicks.co.uk uh we will talk about it on the next mini episode yeah yeah um and then also please give 
this a good review give it five stars type something up we've got strong competition this week love island podcast is Jesus, dominating you know, in big, the film and tv they're big boys they uh, do it every day we're coming um, for them we're though coming, <laughs> yeah we're gonna try our best to try and knock them out um, so we're gonna Physically, try and produce probably. more like love island-esque content yeah um, basically so next episode is a love island update yeah we're gonna be wearing swimsuits we're doing a podcast dating show it's just an audio <laughs> dating show yeah they're gonna, where we we're gonna force two people we're gonna to bring date. two people in so, so sorry we're totally changing media on page <laughs> it's all changed uh but we give purely, them a meal purely so we can be up there on the yeah. charts they're, they're each other's types we can bring in two people there each other's types and hopefully hopefully they have sex on the podcast that's what <laughs> that's, we're really aiming that's what for. we can hope for yeah. <laughs> but yeah but yeah thanks Thank so, you much. so much for listening hope you enjoyed the black dog let us know yeah. what you thought and we'll and catch you again catch uh, you probably around ra- the corner for a for a full audio story with live sound design it's gonna be really good it's gonna be so good or awful but let us know anyway <laughs> Bye. thanks bye Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quinn's. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.